0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El
1: Alright, well if you have your Bibles, let's open up today to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. We're going to go through this chapter and, and then we're going to partake of Communion together. Ruth chapter 2. You know, one thing I, I gotta say, and I gotta make sure I record this on the CD, uh, is I definitely made an error last week when I told you that I couldn't think of any other books that were named after somebody who didn't write them. But I also told you, though, that I had to read through my list. I, I, I said that, right? And then afterwards, I was bombarded with all these other names, you know, like Esther, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and stuff like that. And so, um, definitely want to get that out there and correct that. But, you know, Ruth is a beautiful story of something that took place in history. Someone called a love story between Ruth and uh Boaz, and it's probably part of that. We're going to see some of that tonight um but most people will tell you that what it is 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 a, is a is a picture of Jesus Christ and his bride of Jesus Christ and his church because what we're going to see as we go through the book of Ruth is that this guy Boaz he's the he's the goel man he's the the kinsman redeemer but what he ends up doing is he ends up buying uh the the, the land of uh, the family of Elimelech and as a part of that land it just so happens that he ends up uh, buying Ruth. He ends up having Ruth as his wife and uh, we know that was the real reason that he bought the land is because he had, we're going to see eventually, uh, I believe he loved God and I believe that he loved her. And so he bought the whole land and he ended up with this beautiful beautiful woman named Ruth. She is beautiful, huh? When you guys read the story, she is just beautiful. And, you know, that's a, a picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You know, Jesus Christ, if you read the book of Matthew chapter 13, the Bible says it's like a man that, that, that found uh, a treasure that was hidden in a field. Okay, so let's just say one day you're walking down the street and you, you kind of see something shiny over there to the side. And so you run over there and you kind of uncover maybe the bush or whatever and you see like all this treasure, man, beautiful treasure. Jewels, man, you know, beyond your imagination, right? And things, you know, from a far land and you're like, wow. And so you notice that there's a a sign here and it says it's for sale. And so what this man does after he finds that treasure hidden in a field is he goes and think about this, guys. He sells everything that he has. And he buys the field. Now, why does he buy the field? Well, because of the treasure that's in the field. And that, my friends, is exactly what Jesus Christ has done. You know, he
0: saw you. You. And I know we don't feel like it sometimes, man, but you are the treasure.
1: You are. I know we feel ugly sometimes. We feel, you know, we have low self-esteem. We don't think anyone loves us. Anyone could love us, man. You don't know what I've done in my life. There's no way that God could love me. You don't know what I did today, man. And all I'm telling you is that if you're the bride of Christ, that you're like Ruth. You're beautiful to Him. You know, I know we're not finished yet. One day we will be. He's going to kind of sand away all those rough edges and He's going to finish you. And you
0: are beautiful to Him.
1: He bought the whole field by dying on the cross for us. And He says,
0: it's because of the treasure.
1: You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it was for the joy that was set before Him that He endured the cross and despising the shame. And that's what the Lord has done, you guys. And I pray that, you know, as we go out and we try to behave you know, we try to live life right. Yes, that's good and everything, but you know, let there be the proper motivation. You go and you you want to live for the Lord because you have been accepted in the beloved. That before the behavior there's got to be the belief, that before the duty there's got to be the doctrine. You got to know who you are in the Lord before you will ever be you know what you are, what you want to be
0: in the Lord. And so
1: let's make sure that our our we don't put the you know the cart before the horse. You given your life to Christ. Have you humbled yourself and said, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, Jesus Christ? I give you my life. Then man, let me just tell you, you just, you need to know that. That you are his bride. This is a picture of that. And Ruth is a stimulation of what you're supposed to be as the bride. And she's a beautiful picture. And we pick it up here in Ruth chapter 2. Notice what it says in verse 1. It says, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And so now we have this introduction of a character with character. His name is Boaz. Uh, His name means in him is strength or standing in strength. Uh, Later on, uh, Solomon, when he builds the temple, he names one of the pillars after his great-great-grandfather Boaz. We read that in 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 21. And so we're introduced to him, and we see here he's a man of great wealth, it says in verse 1. And I, I don't know for sure, but it's interesting. The same Hebrew words are also translated a mighty man of valor. And so Boaz was a man of strength. He was a man who stood in strength. He was a man of great wealth. He was a man, uh, a mighty man of valor. Great guy. You know, and if you guys are looking for role models, here we have a couple right here, man. Ruth and Boaz. Because look what it says in verse 2. It says, So Ruth the Moabitess, she said to Naomi, Please, let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, and whose side I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. And then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family
0: of Elimelech.
1: Now, you know, the more we read about Ruth, I think the more admirable she becomes. Uh, Here we see, you know, you guys remember the story? They had come from... You know, the land of Moab, they were poor, they didn't have nothing. Um, you know, Naomi's husband died, then her two sons died. Uh, one of her daughters stayed in Moab, and then we saw last week this great commitment of, of Ruth. She said, no, I love you. I, I will cling to you, I'm committed to you, I care for you, I'm concerned with you. It was just love that's just so amazing, Right? And so as they're there, think about it, they're poor. They don't have any money. They don't even have beans and rice, man. They've got nothing, okay? And so what do you do? You know what she did? Ruth said, you know what? I'm going to go out and work. Is that cool with you? Is that okay, Naomi? I'm going to go and I know how your law is. You read about it in Deuteronomy 25, Leviticus chapter 19, that what they would do in those days is when they were, you know, getting the harvest, they would leave a few grapes here, leave a few grapes there, so that the poor could come behind them and glean. And she said, "Is it okay if I go out there and work?" And you know, and just as a quick side note, I think that's pretty cool, huh? That that she wants to work. Now I'm not talking about working nowadays. You know, we got a lot of girls and they're working out there in the workforce. And hopefully, prayerfully, you can come to that place in your life where you can just work. At home, you know, when you be that wife and you be that mom, that that would be so cool, right? You know, hopefully you can bring yourself to that place, man. Because is there a lot of work at home? Is that a curiosity? Raising kids is that is that a job? I mean, it's a big job, domestic engineer, right? <laughs> and man, but there's some girls to be honest with you, and I don't want to offend anybody here. But there's some girls they don't like to work, man. They don't like to work. They don't like to clean. They don't. And Ruth right here, she says, you know what? I'm willing to work. And that's a biblical principle. You know, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. We need to teach our kids this, huh? Imagine that. If you don't do your chores, no dinner, man. I think that would be great, actually, you know. But anyway, here we see Ruth. Uh, I think one of the reasons she left her idols is because she was not idle. She was a hard worker. And we need to have that mentality. There's a Latin proverb that says, Providence assists not the idol. But anyways, here we see they were poor, definitely. And what God would do is, God would command the people, we read in Leviticus 19, You shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And I wonder if there's anyone here today who's poor. If there's anyone here today you know, you don't know how you're going to make it, man. How you're going to pay rent. Maybe even sometimes how you're going to get food. Man, we need to know that the Lord will provide for you. You know, we can read that in the Scriptures, how God has a heart for the poor, God has a heart for the widow, and He has provided a way for them to be able to get their food with dignity. I like what David Guzik said. He said it's a wonderful way of helping the poor, it commanded the farmers to have a generous heart and it commanded the poor to be active and work for their food and a way for them to provide for their own needs with dignity. So what ends up happening? Naomi says, Go, my daughter. And in verse 3, she left and went and gleaned in the field. This is after the reapers. And she happened, I circled that in my Bible, she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to
0: Boaz she happened to come to that field. I mean, of all the fields, she ends up in that field. You know, the Hebrew word
1: right here, it speaks of an unforeseen meeting or event. The Hebrew lexicon even uses words like accident or chance or fortune or fate. You know, and as Christians, we know there's no accidents with the Almighty. There's no such thing as fortune or fate with the Father. What we see, you guys, is this, man, that the Lord has His hand on your life. He really does. You know, I was reading today in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 12, that He guided them with a pillar of fire by night and He guided them with a cloud of pillar by day to give them light on the road that they should travel. You know, God will guide you even when you don't even realize it. You know? Especially if you have a heart to do the right thing. You know, you want to be a hard worker. And here we've seen Ruth Up to this point, beautiful woman, filled with love, care, and commitment. She basically said, You know what? I'm going to die so that my mother in law might live. Basically, what she did is she left her life. And God honored that. You know, and I know we're doing our best and we're trying to follow the Lord. And, you know, we're asking God to show us His will. And it's cool. Do that. You know, maybe you're going to get you know, lightning in the sky, man. You know, maybe, I remember when we went to the Rose Parade recently, there was one of those planes and it spelled out you know, certain words in the sky. You know, who knows? Maybe that will happen to you, man. But you want to know something, man? The best way to know which way to go is just obey what you already know. You just be a man after God's own heart. You just be a woman after God's own heart. You just follow Him. You just love people. Love God. And you don't even realize it, man, but the next thing you know, one day it's just like a regular old day. And He takes you to the field that you belong in. A field that will change your life. And it's it's the extraordinary in an ordinary day. You know, I can't tell you how many times... That happened to me. I remember one time I was it was a Sunday night, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know if you guys ever feel this way. Well, yeah, I know some of you do. It was a Sunday night, and I didn't want to go to church service that night, you know? I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't feel like going, man. But I'll never forget. One Sunday night I was there and I just kind of peeled myself up off the floor. I went to church that night, and that night changed my life. And I'm not saying you got to go to church on Sunday nights or anything. Don't. That's not what this is about. All I'm saying is that, you know, when you find yourself just doing the right thing, don't be discouraged if you don't see lightning in the sky. Don't be discouraged if you don't hear, you know, an audible voice. Because God has His hand
0: on your life.
1: See? And that's what's happening here. Ruth right here, she just goes out and she just happens to find herself in the field of Elimelech. You see, it was totally the Lord. And at the same time, I've got to say, it was partially the Lord's response to Ruth. You know, there's a really neat verse. uh, If you want to, you can write it down. or Some of you probably know it. Genesis 24, 27. It talks about uh, Abraham's servant. When he went to go look for a bride... For Isaac, it says, As for me being on the way, the Lord led me. And that's kind of the way it works. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me. That was the story of Abraham seeking a bride for his son Isaac. And so he sent his servant out by faith to his homeland to find that bride. And what happened was God perfectly, amazingly, supernaturally guided him straight to the house of Abraham, straight to a beautiful, young, and available woman named Rebecca. No, now none of that would have happened if Abraham did not send his servant, and if the servant was not on the way. And that's why he said, being on the way, the Lord led me. You see, and so we have to ask ourselves this question. I guess if I could just rephrase it
0: a different way. Are you on the way?
1: Are you walking with the Lord now? Are you seeking His face? Are you doing your best to love God and love others? Are you walking by faith? You know, when you're on His way, when you're on the way, He will lead you. But if you're not on the way, if you're doing your own thing, you know, if you're, you know, God's got a plan for your life, so does the devil. You got to be so careful. Are you in the word? Are you in prayer? Are you in fellowship? Are do you have a heart that's yielded to him? But God wants us for us to be on the way and he will lead us, right? And that's what ends up happening, man. It's so cool. She found herself boom, right in the middle of a field. And so we read in verse 4, when he was there, I'm sorry, Boaz filled. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. And so here's the boss, he comes into the, you know, the shop, The Lord be with you. And they're all, The Lord bless you. Isn't that cool? Don't you guys wish you worked there? (laughs) And so in verse 5, Boaz said to his servant, Who was in charge of the reapers? Whose young woman is this? And so the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves.' And so she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little
0: in the house.
1: After Boaz finds out who she is, we hear Boaz notices her Right there, gleaning in the field. So he asks about her. And the guys say she's that young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from Moab. She's been basically working all day except for she took a little break in the house. And so what happens? In verse 8, Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young woman. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? But when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. And so she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Now you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted
0: me. You have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. So cool, huh, what Boaz does. Really cool. After Boaz finds out who
1: she is, he just goes to her and he says to her, Listen, my daughter, you don't have to go and scrounge around anywhere else. Stay here. Stay close to my young woman. If you stay here with me, Jesus says you're going to have a place, and you're going to have protection, and you're going to have provision. You see, Boaz is a picture of Jesus who blesses us big time. You know, when Ruth hears all this, she doesn't understand. How can this be? She says in verse 10, since I am a foreigner. You know, and the interesting thing is this you know, not only was she a foreigner, but she was a Moabitist, and so you know, you read in the Bible in Deuteronomy twenty-three, three through four, that the the Moabites they had done some pretty bad things. They didn't, you know, feed the children of Israel when they were on the way. They even hired Balaam to curse Israel. And so the Lord, in one sense, he said, "Well, then curse Moab." You know, to the tenth generation, I don't want to see any of their faces. You know, and so she didn't understand how she could find favor in this place called Israel. She didn't understand how she could find favor in the eyes of Moab. But here's the thing, you know. Um, that's kind of like how we are, huh? You no, know, how is it that
0: the Lord would be good to us? Tell me. What have we done to deserve His love? What have we done to deserve His forgiveness, His freedom, His peace, His presence. What have we done to deserve his Son? What are we? Who are we that we would deserve to be called the people of God? Nothing. Nothing. You know, some of you here, you know you're you're more in tune with your sins.
1: But it doesn't matter whether you've got a crazy background and you've done time in prison. It doesn't matter if you're addicted to drugs or sex or whatever it is. You know, sin is sin and none of us deserve the freedom and forgiveness that God freely offers in His Son. But you see, Ruth is a picture of the church. And even though we deserve to be cursed, God has not given us what we deserve. God has not given us justice he hasn't given us even
0: mercy, right? He's given us grace. Grace. And all he says is, don't go to those other fields. Stay
1: here. Stay with me. And you stay with me, and you're going to have a place. You're going to have protection. And you're going to have provision. And it's such a beautiful story. When you look at this right here, in that, you know, she is a picture of what God has done for us. You see, we did bad, we were cursed, we were Gentiles deserving judgment, but Christ lifted the curse and He no longer com- condemns us, He commends us. You know, and you need to walk in that victory. I know that the devil, man, he's always beating you up. I know that. I know the way he is. He is an accuser of the Brethren. He's an adversary. But the next time the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Okay, Take him over to Revelation chapter 20 and show him where he gets thrown into the lake of fire. Show him. No, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are God's son, you are God's daughter. And I'm only saying that because I believe that will stimulate you into a life of holiness when you finally understand who you are. That's why when you book, read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, 2, and 3, it's all about the riches of Christ, right? How rich we are, how we are in the Beloved, how we're already seated in the heavenly
0: places.
1: you know. And then he goes on after he talks about the, you know, the riches, and then he goes on and he talks about living the life. First he gives the wealth then the walk, then the war. First the doctrine, then the duty. And when you look at Ruth, you find out, wow, this is exactly what's happened to me, Lord. You know, but we need to make sure that we come to the Lord like Ruth came to Boaz with a very humble heart. You know, she didn't come and say, finally, somebody notices what I do. I mean, some of us are like that, right? Some of us are like that. Lord, I've been, you know, doing all these things, and all, man, finally someone notices how good I am, right? She didn't say that, not at all. We don't see that at all, right? Nor does she ask why have all these bad things happened to me. She doesn't ask that. I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, the things that had happened to her. You know, her her father in law died, and and her husband died, and she was young when her husband died. And then she was taken out of her land and taken to a foreign land. And she was very,
0: very poor. And yet she was a beautiful woman. She didn't ask, why did all these bad things happen to me? As a matter of fact, what she really asked was, why would anything good happen to me? That's got to be our heart. No, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it, but we come to the Lord in humility. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord. But I heard through the grace file that even though I'm a terrible sinner, You are a wonderful Savior. So we come to the Lord and we humble ourselves. And what ends up happening, you know, Boaz just says, man, I've heard of
1: everything you've done. In verse 11, he says, it's been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. And now you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. I've heard all about it, all that you've done. You know, and we read right here that Boaz just prays for God's blessings upon her. In verse 12, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. You know, when you look at that verse in reverse, it's kind of cool. You know, we see what, uh, this is what Ruth did. Ruth had come under the wings of the Lord for, for refuge and we see this is what God
0: does. God repays and gives a full reward to the obedient. You
1: know, and when you think of someone coming under the wings for refuge, um, what we see right there is basically like these little birds, you know, you can see them now, um, coming under the feathers or the wings of their Parent. It's a tiny bird snuggling under the protective wings of its parent. You know, and, and when you think about it, you guys, and we talked a little bit about this last week, it's a very practical challenge for all of us. But if I could just get specific tonight, and I, and I know I did a little bit last week, but I just want to reinforce it, especially you ladies that have mother in laws, you know? <laughs> He says right there if I could just read it look at you guys read it again verse 11 it has been fully reported to me
0: all that you have done for your mother-in-law Usually they're not the in-law usually they're the out-law And I want to challenge you you know life as a Christian woman is not dull it's practical
1: And it's not just religion, it's relationships, it's love. Sometimes for those that maybe you struggle with the most. Oh, I go to church and I do this and I'm involved in ministry. Okay, cool, cool. I'm proud of you. And you read your Bible today for half an hour and you prayed and you give to the church and you tithe and all these things. And that's fine and that's good and everything. But you know what? The Lord, that's cool. But the Lord is looking at your relationships with people. He's looking at whether or not you love now. And if you've got struggles, especially with your mother in law, and I know sometimes, you know, maybe they, you know, are, are a certain way to you. You know, we saw last time that Naomi was a pretty interesting character. She was a bitter person. But you want to know what we're going to see by the end of the study today? That Ruth's love began to change her. And so I'm telling you right now, let's make this very practical here. You know, Boaz said, I see. I see
0: your religion. No, he didn't say that. He said, I see and fully reported to me all about your love and what you've done for your mother-in-law. I just think that's so cool
1: when I read that right here. You know, Ruth had come to know the Lord not just in lip service like others. She came to know the Lord, not like Orpah did who kissed Naomi, but with a whole heart and a complete commitment, she was able to cling to Naomi. Why? Because she clung to the Lord. And, you know, Boaz sees that and he sees the way that the fruit follows the commitment to the Lord. You know, I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't already, you know, run and find shelter under the shadow of God's wings. Psalm 17:8 says, "Keep me as the apple of your eye; hide me under the shadow of your wings." You know, and so you're like, "Well, Manny, how do I get under the shadow of God's wings?" Pray. Psalm 17:8 is just a prayer. God, Lord, keep me as the apple of your eye; hide me under the shadow of your wings. Number one, pray. The enemy is after you. You know, I know this. You know, um, sometimes the enemy will try to get to me. You know, and sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But i tell you what, my wife is a huge target. She's a massive
0: target, huh?
1: And you ladies, you know, living in this world, and all of us here today, you know, the enemy is just after you in so many ways. And so you're like, well, I need protection. Yeah, we need to pray for you and you need to pray. Lord, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings, you pray. Number two, put your trust in God. Psalm 36, verse 7 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children
0: of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the situation that you're in? And then there are so many different
1: situations here, right? Right? I mean, we could write a book It could be a bestseller. There's a lot of crazy things going on here. And what am I saying to you? Well, what I'm saying when the Bible says
0: to run and put yourself under the shadow of of His wings is I'm just encouraging you to run to Jesus. Run to Jesus Christ. This is not a religion. This is a place where we run to God. You ever
1: think of that word, sanctuary? You guys know what sanctuary really means, right? It's a place of safety. It's a place of refuge. And the only
0: reason it's a place of safety or refuge is because God is here. Man, I have seen lives devastated. I have seen marriages. I have seen children. I have seen people ravaged by the enemy. Because they didn't run to the water. Because they didn't stay under the shadow of his
1: wings. No, we see here like a little bird struggling under the wings of its mom a lot of people also see the wings of the cherubim. You guys remember the Ark of the Covenant? And the cherubim, they had their wings over the mercy seat. One angel on this side, the other angel on that side. And there were the wings of the cherubim. And right there in the uh, the mercy seat, right there on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, they would sprinkle the blood once a year the high priest would come in. and Maybe that's where you run. You run to the cross. You guys stay there at the cross. If you do, God will cover you and he oftentimes uses his word to do just that. Unfortunately a lot of people don't. That's why in Matthew twenty three thirty seven Jesus was weeping, man. You know, God cries when people don't choose. To run to the shadow of his wings, it says in Matthew 23, 37, no, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. How about you tonight, man? Are you willing? Come to the Lord. Come to the one who made you, the one who died for you, the one who loves you. It's very simple. You just place your faith in Jesus Christ. You see, Ruth was willing, and she had come under the wings of the Lord, her refuge, and God would reward her one day. You know, and let me tell you something, man. You know, we always talk about this whatever a man plans, that he will also reap. But it's not just negative, it's also positive. You continue to obey the Lord. Simple, man. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to seek the Lord. I'm going to love my family. I'm going to love my friends. I'm going to do the best I can, whatever roles and responsibilities I have. I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to give God my life. You continue just to obey Him and He will reward you. Because you plant things and then you reap them, right? It usually takes time. But you watch what happens. Hebrews 6, verse 10, it says, God is not unjust to forget your work and Labour of love which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. See, God rewards work, God rewards obedience. I like Psalm nineteen eleven, it says, Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. What kind of reward are we going to get? You know, we don't do it just for the reward, but God definitely motivates us. So we see right here that Ruth, you know, she she goes, she works, Boaz takes notice, Boaz says, hey, you know, I'll bless you, stay here. And so we read in verse 14, it says, now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. And so she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her
0: and she ate and was satisfied and kept some Back. I mean, Boaz is just blessing her, huh?
1: Have you guys ever gone to, uh, what's the name of that one restaurant?
0: Ah, I can't think of the
1: name of it right now. But, anyways, you go there and they give you some bread and they give you the poor little vinegar right there, and a little oil, and those little crunchy things or whatever, and then you dip your bread in there. Doesn't that sound good right now? <laughs> Boaz is giving her some bread, some vinegar. Other people think, well, maybe this vinegar is actually wine. It's a kind of maybe a picture of communion. I don't know. The main thing is that he's just blessing her, right? He's just blessing her big time. And what we see is as she's eating, it's kind of interesting. He even gives her roasted grain and she keeps back some of it. She keeps back some of it. Now, there are some who say the reason she kept back some of it is because she didn't want to look like she would eat too much. You know, some girls are like that on dates, you know? <laughs> I don't think that was the real reason, huh? What was the real reason she kept back some of it?
0: She wanted to get to Naomi, man. Yeah. Doesn't that touch your heart? You're like, man, this girl is beautiful. You know, some of us recently we
1: had the uh, the privilege of going to a conference. It's a two day two day conference at Calvary Chapel South Bay, and you know, one of the pit stops we had was Krispy Kreme, and uh, and <laughs> you know, when we were there, uh, we stopped there. And, you know, uh, blessed were the brothers that took some home to their wife and kids, man. Let me tell you, that's the way it works, right? You're considerate. That's what Ruth is. She's considerate. And uh, we see in verse 15, it says, And when she rose up to glean, Boaz has commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also let her grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean And do not rebuke her. And so she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. He just, you know, basically says, man, drop stuff on purpose, man. Bless her. And that's the way the Lord is with us. You know, it's there. It's there for you. He blesses you. Keep working, though. Keep working. Don't get lazy. Keep working, right? Right?
0: See what we find right here. In
1: verse 18 it says, And then she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And so she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? Where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. And so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all
0: my harvest.
1: And she ended up with about five and a half gallons of barley, which was phenomenal, plus the stuff that she had taken. You know, she did her part, and and God just totally blessed her. That's the way it is, huh? You guys, do you want to be blessed? You know, know who you are in Christ. Let that move you to behave and obey. One of my favorite verses, I've probably said it a million times: "The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord." You get that horse ready for battle. You do what you need to do. And then watch what God does. Right? He'll deliver, right? He'll give us the victory in the war. And He'll bless, He'll provide. I would imagine there's probably a lot of you here today that are wondering, how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to make it? You want to know something, man? Oh, we heard this in our study last night. You know, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen them begging for bread. Because a lot of times the enemy will say, "Well, you know what? You don't, you don't, you don't got it. Let's just go get it. You know, or, or the way we can get it." And the Lord says, "No, stick with me. I'll provide for you. I'll provide for your needs, not your greeds. Yeah, but Lord, I want lampposts. He says, "No, little Caesars, man, little Caesars." Okay. <laughs> all right, Lord. You know, and that's okay. That's okay. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches, right? And it's so beautiful when Ruth comes back one day. What a difference one day made! And then all of a sudden Naomi starts changing. We read that in verse twenty. Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. You know, I mean, what had happened was the love of Ruth and the life of Ruth. It wasn't the lips of Ruth. We never see Ruth preaching. You know, and there's nothing wrong with preaching and teaching. But I'm just saying that. More powerful than that, if you really want to get to someone, to impact someone, if you really wanted to really ask the Lord to do a work in their life, then show them what God does in your life. Your love, your life, we see it so clearly in Ruth. She never preached to her naomi. But as she began to see what Ruth was doing and the miracles in response to what Ruth is doing, it's just so cool. You know, it brought blessings from the Lord and it was evident for everyone to see. And so we close, it says right here, I'm going to read verse 21 again. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvests. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. And so she stayed close by the young woman of Boaz,
0: To glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Now, real quick in closing here, before we have communion, no,
1: I I don't even know if I should talk about this, but I will. I'll just say this right here. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting to me. Verse twenty-one. It says, "Ruth the Moabitess said." He also said to me, "You shall stay close by my." Young men. Did you catch that? Young men. But Boaz didn't say that. Uh, it says right there in verse 8, Do not go glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. And so Ruth said, He told me to stay close to his young men, but we read it right here, and, and, and Boaz said, Stay close to my young women. You know, and, and, I, and I don't want to like overanalyze things, it's possible. You know, that maybe Boaz said that at another time. You know, but if you just let the text speak for itself, what we find, you guys, is that this relationship between Ruth and Boaz was, you know, maybe it wasn't love at first sight. You know, some people say that the moment Boaz saw her, he's like,
0: you know, all goo goo eyed and all that, you know. And,
1: and he went and, and he was all nice to her because he,
0: he wanted her. You know,
1: and I don't know if I see that in the text. As a matter of fact, it's interesting to me. You know, she's maybe, I don't know, maybe interested in the young man. She says the young man. And he is maybe seeing her as a daughter. He calls her a daughter. You know, and maybe all these acts of kindness are not so that he can get her to himself, but it's just because of his love for God. Right? And then what you see, what ends up happening is, you know, because I know there are some people, you know, they believe in love at first sight, and I don't know if that's that's not really possible. I don't think, you know, um, because that's not real love, huh? You know what we find in looking at this right here is something different, man. Because what we find is that, um, you know, here was a man with no ulterior motives. It was, you know, he was just being nice. And here was a young woman who understandably sees some good-looking young men around her. But what we find in the end of the story, it wasn't the looks, it wasn't the muscles that brought her to marriage. It was the kindness of Boaz, it was the character of Boaz. And most importantly, it was Ruth's beautiful obedience to God. Because in the end,
0: you know, they hook up, right?
1: In the end, they have this beautiful love story, and what we find is that you know the Lord, I think, shows us a deeper love. Because ninety-nine times out of a hundred, what do we see nowadays? Everybody's looking on the outside, and I'm not saying that you can't be attracted, but all I'm saying is the most important thing in any love relationship is our love for the Lord and to follow Him. You know, what we find is Naomi gives her some really good counsel. She says in verse twenty two, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, and that people do not meet you in any other field. And I would say the same to you,
0: I would say the same to me, you guys.
1: You know, we have this field of
0: forgiveness.
1: It's easy to go to other fields, man. There's a lot of fields out there. We got too many choices nowadays. You know, what are you gonna do on 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 Sunday? You know, and they're all at the beach, and they're all at the mall. And they're, you know, washing their cat, or washing their car. They're just doing all, there's just like a million other things. I huh? Go to church on Sunday, no way, we've got too many choices. And, and the Lord just says, you know, don't go gleaning in any other fields. Stick with Jesus. Stick with Boaz. He says, you know, she says, Boaz is our kinsman redeemer. Know who Jesus is. Boaz has provided for us and protected you. Know what Jesus has done.
0: Boaz told her, stay with me. Remember what Jesus said. All the things he said to you. You know, one thing that he said to
1: you that is so cool is he promised. He said, listen, I will never leave you
0: and I will never forsake you. And I want to encourage you to have the same words to him. Say to the Lord today, Lord, Lord, by your grace, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. I won't go gleaning, anymore in any other field. And so, Lord, we thank you for tonight.
1: We thank you for your word. and Lord, just for this opportunity we have to partake of communion
0: together, Lord.
1: Father, I pray that your love uh, that unconditional love to a people like me, people like us who are so unworthy, would be received tonight. And Lord, that every single person here, every man, every woman, every young person, older person, Lord, wherever we are, that we would understand that you are the living, loving God who sent his son to die for us on that cross. All our sins, everything we've
0: ever done, past, present, and future, were laid on him, and we are free. We are forgiven. Lord, we thank You for that. And
1: I just pray, Lord, for everyone here, every situation, Lord, that as we have this time of communion just to worship and to sit and to be still, I pray that You, by Your Holy Spirit, would speak to our hearts. Meet us where we are, Lord. Lift up those who are downtrodden. Lord, help us to know You are the God who knows every sorrow. You see every tear, and you hear every cry. You are the compassionate Savior. You are holy. You are gracious. You are here. So we love you. Bless this time as we search our hearts, as we lift our eyes to
0: the great Jesus. Name.
1: We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel Elmani. At air
0: code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.